This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hear me? I did. I heard you. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need. You just say that and they show up. They come jumping out of a shrub. Oh, cool. No matter where you are in life, when you need the coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, my name is Michelle Zahner. And I feel elated about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, it's Conan O'Brien. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I'm chilling with my my best buds. Oh wait, no, I'm not. I'm here with Sona <laughs> and with Matt Gorley. Sorry, for a second okay. I thought I was with my best friends ever. Sona and I are best buds. Yeah, we're but, besties. Yeah. I can sense that. You guys have a very strong connection. Yeah. 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 I don't get it myself. Um, Since day I, one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even before that, I think just oh. before All Space and Time. Do you think you <laughs> knew each other in past lives? Yeah. It's when you possible were... we ran into each other where we grew up. That's right. We grew up a city apart from each other. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I meant like thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. Were oh. you guys doing the equivalent of a podcast near some ancient ruins? No, she was Cleopatra and I was Mark Antony. <laughs> Yeah. I love how in past lives, everyone's famous. I know. And I was not. I've looked into it. Oh. I was always a guy holding a shovel or being killed with a shovel. Right. Throughout history. Hopefully in all by us. Of the world. Yes, yeah. by you. Yeah. I was killed by Napoleon with a shovel and I was killed by Cleopatra with a shovel. It's surprising you haven't been killed by a shovel yet in this life. Yeah. I've been attacked many times with shovels, but because we're in the modern era, I'm usually able to get to my car quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and the blows slide ineffectually off the hood of my car. Okay. Um, Sona, are you comfortable tonight? D today? I'll say today, but it could be any <laughs> time of day where we are. And I said tonight just to try and throw the listener off. Oh, well, okay. I don't want me. them to know. I didn't know when. We're in a windowless room, so yeah. it might as well be nighttime, but well, it is not. We just started. You were just outside, and it's bright, and it's sunny. But it, no, I'm chilly. You're chilly. I am. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay. I wanted to address that because um, I don't care. Oh. <laughs> and I wanted to make that clear. 
Because just before we started to record, Sona did this whole thing about, I'm not, I'm kind of cold. And we all said, well, do you want to go get a jacket or something? And you said, no, 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 no. But I'm just, I'm slightly, slightly chilly, but not enough for, I'm thinking this is, this is something I'm supposed to be thinking about. I, Conan O'Brien. And then you bring it back while we're recording. You bring want, the conversation back to it. I want people to know what a silly fuss budget you are. I want to talk about how it is cold in this studio, but not cold enough to like put on a jacket, but it's cold where you need some sort of layer on top of what you're wearing. How about this? Here is a, a tissue. There's Good some tissues Lord. right next to me. What if I just drape these? I'm draping them onto Sona right okay, now. Thank you. There, I just draped. That shoulder should be 0.04% warmer. <laughs> Do you know how many times if you've said you were like cold or something, I'll be like, oh my God, I got to get a jacket because that was my job as an assistant. <laughs> yeah, as if. What do I'm you mean? sorry. I always cared about your comfort. <laughs> uh, even, even I'm not really uh, buying that one. I did. You didn't. Famously didn't. I didn't always, but I did sometimes. Again, one of my favorite pictures is us somewhere, and there I'm taking a oh, yeah. selfie with like 15 people, a whole series of selfies, and in the foreground, Sony's ignoring me and having the largest pour of white wine I've seen in North America. God bless okay. you. Well, I mean, all I'm saying is there have been times when you've, you've been like, oh, I, I'm, you know, chilly or I'm warm. And I would have been like, oh, OK. I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. I honestly and listen, you know, I love you, but I honestly don't think so. That is not your instinct. Yeah, it is. Now, I've seen that it's your instinct with your children. Right. Uh, but no, it was, it was never your instinct. I with care me. about their comfort more than I've ever cared about yours. But yes. I also I birthed them. Yeah, I know. You, you, I didn't, I worked for you, but I didn't birth you. So well, I'm glad, think- I'm, you know what? I'm, there was a huge misunderstanding here. <laughs> I could have sworn that you birthed me. What are you talking about? We all know that. Was Besides- working for him as painful as birthing a child, <laughs> <Yeah>. though? <laughs> it was worse. I, I needed an epidural every day. Yeah. <laughs> Push, Sona, push. <laughs> Just get through the day with Conan. Push. push. I have a standing appointment with an anesthesiologist just to come in here. Yeah. An anesthesiologist. You had trouble with it. It was because right? I'm anesthesiology. <laughs> All I'm saying is uh, I was a little chilly and no one, I mean, people just, like Matt offered me his jacket. Blay was like, I could go get yours. And you didn't do anything. Or say I, I don't have a jacket with me. But you have a comfy looking sweater. You I do. I wore a off. sweater. I just thought, you know what? I saw uh, Banshees of Inishir and I've decided to wear sweaters a lot now. And I want to I want to dress uh, like everyone in, in Banshees of Inishir. It's it's Los Angeles. I know, but, but I'm going right to commit to it. You know what I'm going to do? Nice. I'm going to get a little stove that burns peat. Yeah. And I'm going to ha- have it in my uh, in the Conoco offices and I'm going to burn peat. Like they do in the old farm country. This is country. bullshit because you're turning into the caricature you paint of me. Yeah. I, but okay, so what? You know, maybe secretly I'm just jealous. Really? Yeah. I think you're, you have cool stuff. <laughs> What's you happening? Do. What's happening? I'm sorry. You have your, I think your house is really cool. What is happening? And you have. I am uncomfortable by this. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be. I, I'm admitting to you that sometimes when I attack somebody for something, it's because secretly I envy what they possess. Oh, no. You have a really cool arts and crafts home in Pasadena. Oh, no. Where it's 140 degrees in the summer. There's part of me that envies <laughs> arts that. Arts and crafts home? Yeah. Yeah. It's a style. Craftsman. 
Right, yeah, I mean, but I they guess can also work, call it. Yeah. You can also call it true? Artsy. That's Arts the original term. I think. It's the original is that term. True? There's yeah. a movement. Yeah, I like, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, it means it, it could also mean that his uh, his house was constructed by children. That's true. During a half hour period. <laughs> yeah, it was in, finger painted in elementary school. school with Elmer's glue. Made of Elmer's glue. Yeah. <laughs> it is now that Glenn's running. No, you have, you have very. Yeah, you have a nice, uh, very nice set. Let's move on. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't that make you uncomfortable? That was nice to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're still an incredible dork. Okay, okay here That's we go. That's better. That's better. Ah, uh, terra firma. <laughs> We're back where we need to be. And Sona, if you're you're in any way need anything, please let us know. I don't like the way you <laughs> boy. Why'd your voice have to change just to be because nice? I'm making fun of you? <laughs> yeah, you turn into That's Lucy why. Ricardo's <laughs> boss, <laughs> Lucille, Lucille. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm very excited about today's show. I'll tell you why my guest today, a very talented writer and musician who authored the best-selling memoir, Crying in H Mart. She's an amazing writer. And uh, she's also the lead vocalist of the alt-pop band Japanese Breakfast. They are massive right now, very cool. Uh, and I got to see her at Coachella and I was blown away. So excited she's here today. Michelle Zahner, welcome. First of all, I am thrilled that you're here. I love that I'm talking to you. I was telling you just before we started recording that my daughter, Nev, is an insane, massive fan. Interestingly, this story begins a number of months ago when my daughter says, I want you to come with me to Coachella. <laughs> and I say, sure, that's just the place for someone my age, <laughs> right? So we start driving and my daughter did a really cool thing. She's just, she didn't tell me who the bands were, but she started playing me on the long drive, she started playing me all this different music and saying, you tell me who you think we should go see when we're there. And she's playing me all different kinds of music. And I'm saying, I like this one. I like that band. Yeah, this one's really good. And then I singled out, she played me a couple of songs and I said, this is the band we have to see. We have to see this band. And she said, correct, that is Japanese <laughs> breakfast. That's amazing. Yeah, and um, she sort of said it like, there's hope for this old fool. <laughs> so um, then we get to Coachella and she's played me so much of your music that I'm excited to see you. And we go to your tent show and you come out and you're performing. And I think you're playing the song Paprika and there's a gong on stage, <laughs> yeah. a small gong. and. You know, I'm someone who loves to be on stage and I can tell when someone else loves to be on stage. You come out, you're <laughs> kicking ass. I love your music. You're playing the song Paprika and it's so joyous. And you keep, you keep running over and hitting a gong. <laughs> and I had never seen anybody do that before. And then you're, you're, you're back to playing a song and then you rush over and hit the gong again. And I was, I'm in the crowd and I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at my daughter, gong, that's genius. <laughs> Why didn't I do that? Years when I was doing a monologue every night at night, I should have said like, yeah, I'm more like Donald Trump and then run over and hit a gong. Yeah. Why didn't I do that? I don't know. It's very cathartic. I, I highly recommend incorporating <laughs> it. Into I want a gong. <laughs> yeah. At the next live podcast recording, you'll just have a gong next to you. And the cool thing is it's not a giant gong. It's a small, it's a smaller gong that makes like a crashing sound, right? I don't feel like it's that small. Well, but. it's not... <laughs> The gongs I'm thinking of are the ones that are- Oh, that like do, behind 
The Who or something. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Keith Moon would get up right. at the end, run over and hit, and it would be like, gong. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of uh, kind of a joke, I yes, guess. Yeah. This was, um, yeah, it's not small, but- uh, Yeah, don't call my gong small. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, it's a man. sizable gong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Michelle is walking out of the interview. Yeah. What happened? What did you say? I said the gong seemed kind of small to me. You did what? You gong shamed her. I gong shamed you. <laughs> That's the worst thing you can do. And then I was just talking to you. I just mentioned that. And you said you, you saw me in the crowd. Yes. I do stick out. Yes, I guess. yes. You're very tall. It's like Big Bird from Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, we were, Check um, out your set. It was hard to not just like look at you when when we were playing because we were all just like oh my god Conan O'Brien is like watching us play <laughs> and so I felt like I like really had to perform for you and I feel like I was just like watching you and like hoping that you didn't like walk away right uh, I that did was, not like, walk my, away that was like my marker yeah but then I, looking in retrospect I feel like that must have been un uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> to be like someone's focal point you stood in the middle of the crowd no there's like a VIP area on the side okay, yeah. but you weren't like blocking people behind because you I don't want you to be the tall guy in the audience, just like blocking everyone behind. Why do you me? always have to go negative on me? <laughs> Why can't saying, this just be a joyous experience? I, when I'm hearing tall guy in the crowd, I just think those poor people behind you. Yeah, but oh, this uh, is the issue. Like, how yeah. tall is your daughter? Uh, my daughter is not super tall not like super me. Tall. Yeah, so yeah. Like, you know, she's average. She height. would have to suffer if he, I, if, or yeah. you'd have the to. The other thing I regret is I tried true. to, uh, I tried to surf the crowd oh, during. Man. Remember and um, crushed. <laughs> crushed 11 people. I just got really excited and I jumped up and it turned out they were all about 19 and they just buckle and small. Yeah. And they all buckled and, and also they were like, why you just ruined Japanese breakfast for us. We all have to go to the hospital now. Oh no. Yeah. Did you try starting a mosh pit too? I tried that too. Oh, God. I threw stuff on stage and I kept hoping that Michelle would call me up on stage to sing one of my numbers. Oh. oh. <laughs> about growing up, you know, lonely and sad in Boston. But you didn't. I know. Um, and I had these observations I just wanted to talk to you about because I've also read your beautiful book, Crying in H Mart, which got a lot of attention and love. It's a memoir, and I told you, it is so well-written. You are uh, half Korean, mom's Korean, dad's American, you're born in Seoul, but then moved to Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and live not just like in downtown Eugene, yeah. but you live in the woods. Yes, yeah. Your last name is not Korean, but people people are constantly in your life as a child trying to figure out who you are. And I get the sense that you're also trying to figure out who you are as a kid. Is that is that fair? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we we all are. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was certainly an added uh, kind of like complication being in a very predominantly white neighborhood and, and feeling, uh, you know, like I think when you're a teenager, sort of everything is embarrassing, you know, like you're embarrassed if you're taller than the rest of the students mm -hmm. or, uh, yeah. And so I think that for me, that was just really mortifying and I couldn't figure out why it felt like such a, a big deal for a long time. And, you know, people would come up to you, kids would come up to you and say, what are you? Right, right. They want to know, I mean, kids need to label, not always from a bad place, they just want to fix on who you are. Yeah. Obviously, sometimes in a bad way, but I feel like... And you're very isolated because, as I said, you're way out there. Yeah. And so you're spending a lot of time in nature alone, but you're not always happy about it. Yeah. Like you want to, I think it's important 
and it's another common thread with a lot of creative people is they want to get out. They want to get out there and see what's going on. Right, right. Which felt like when I read your book, you were very interested in that. Like, how yeah. do I get out of here and see stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think it was also partially like both of my parents are from larger cities. Mm -hmm. And like it was sort of, you know, Seoul is like a huge city. Yeah. And my dad is from Philadelphia. And so it was, I feel like they both just had very big personalities. So I was always going to have a very big personality. And my entire life, I've been told to like calm down or be quiet. I have like a very loud voice. Wow, you and I have, are kindred spirits. <laughs> I'm still being told to just shut up and calm down. Yeah, but I'm, and then like once I moved to New York, I was like, oh, I'm just like normal here. This is great. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> but yeah, I come from, yeah. so like you, for people who don't know, like Eugene is like a real like hippy dippy kind of town. Like it's very granola. Like, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was just kind of like a weird. It was a, I had a, a very beautiful childhood, but it was a weird sort of environment. And I think that that was a big part of why I became a very creative person because I was just bored because there was like no kids around. There was like no neighbors. I didn't have any siblings. I was an only child, and so I think I just got used to like spending a lot of time thinking about things. And I think uh, you just mentioned the word bored, and I I remember telling my wife early on when our daughter was born because we have there's such a culture now of kids must be constantly stimulated, you know? They're like listening to Beethoven yeah. in the womb. Then when the minute they, they're born- The iPad babies. Exactly, yeah. they're constantly stimulated. And I remember saying to my wife, and she agreed, I said, uh, we have to leave room for boredom because boredom is where the good stuff comes from. It's, you know, whether it's guys in Liverpools in the late 50s, like there's nothing to do let's make a band because there's nothing to totally. do and it's raining out. And, uh, uh, and I think especially at a place like Eugene, Oregon, <laughs> you know, you can't go outside and play every day mm. and, and it's raining most of the it's time. It's raining most <laughs> yeah. of the time. And I think another thing that's really interesting is obviously you talk a lot in your book. Um, it's very powerful about your connection with your mother and how complicated it is and how there were periods where you were really at odds. Um, you cling to her as a child and then there's adolescence and you're really fighting her. And uh, you talk about this relationship and it feels like it was, some of that was the catalyst, I have to think, for some of the creativity possibly, this, is, this turbulence. Yeah, I mean, I think if anything, it just made me realize like how, like it really affirmed how badly I wanted it, you know, because mm -hmm. I think that it's almost like if your parents are like, oh, great, like, yeah, go be an artist. Uh, you, you almost like don't want it anymore. And right. so I think that like her being so adverse to like me being, following that path or just be, having so much concern about it yeah. made me so much more drawn to it and so sure that that was the path I needed to take because there was just nothing else for me in a way. Well, it's also, you. I mean, it, it took the wind out of me when I read it because you, when you play one of your first gigs, you are sort of teaching yourself guitar and you take like this, you find the right, a pretty good teacher at a, at a school that teaches a lot of people how to play guitar. The so lesson factory. The lesson, it literally, <laughs> <laughs> the lesson factory, which, <laughs> which isn't a good name. You feel like what great art is going to come out of yeah, the lesson yeah. factory. Yeah. It was uh, like literally attached to a guitar center like we were. <laughs> it was bizarre. Right. And, um, and everyone teaching you is enraged that their band didn't take off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all like failed, like Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> so you t so 
but you have this first gig and you play and your parents come and see you and you're, you so much want your mother's approval and you keep sort of bringing up the show <laughs> and then you get to this part in the book where you uh, sort of say like, well, what'd you think? And she said, I'm just waiting for you to quit this. Yeah. Which uh, that's gotta be devastating to hear. Yeah, but I mean, I think that, I mean, I think that that's a big reason of why I am still doing it in a way. I've been, I was sort of like told no many, many times for, for many years and uh, just had a very like embarrassing career for like 10 years sleeping on like floors strewn with like cat poop and, you know, trying to sleep while Did like a party Did you put the cat poop there or was it there naturally? <laughs> it was there naturally. Well, I didn't know if you laid it out. You think she laid out cat poop yeah, and then slept on it? Just because yeah. she thought that I've got to live the artist's life. Yeah, no, oh, okay. I, yeah. definitely not. I used to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very romantic. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, I don't know, now like when I look back at that, I'm like, that's exactly why uh, you are the way that you are. Because like, I, I don't know. I mean, she was like kind of setting me up for the rest of the world to do that. And so it's, I, I kind of appreciate that now. Yeah. Um, you respond well to rejection and you're, you know, uh, feels to me like you, you're a very strong person. And when you were told no, you doubled down. Does that yeah, sound right? Yeah, I mean, but when you're a teenager, you're just like, I am, like, the next Paul McCartney or whatever, you know? So I think that you—I had, like, the, you you have, like, that kind of, like, teenage, like, courage and ego. But I don't know. I, I think that it came—I was always, like, kind of a ham. So I think that that kind of came naturally to me. Well, it's funny because I have, you know, in our offices here, I have this office that has next to nothing in it. Yeah. Is there a ham? There is a ham. <laughs> <laughs> It's hanging from a rope. <laughs> and every now and then I just stand up and I take a chomp. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's, it's like, just hanging there and you eat it? Yeah, I, just, I don't even have to use my hands. I just chomp at but it. But you got to refrigerate it, don't you? No, it's cured. Okay. Yeah, it's been there for four years. Um, <laughs> man, we get off on these tangents and I... And I, I know, no, it throws... it. Yeah. I have a picture in my office, one of the only pictures I have. And someone took a picture of both my parents. I was doing some event. It was at the Kennedy... Uh, library. library. Mm -hmm. And you were there too. It was the Kennedy Library and um, I was doing some event and my parents were in the crowd and this is maybe nine years ago. Yeah. And someone took a picture of both of them laughing at something I said and they gave it to me so I framed it and I have it on my desk because oh, so I have it on my desk because as a reminder that that's the only reason I do, I do yeah. this. I honestly think that. I mean, people have this idea that, oh, you want to make a lot of money and you wanted, you know, you wanted to have, and it's like, well, it's these other things come along that are really nice. But initially, so many of us are just trying to make both or one of those two people yeah, laugh yeah. or proud. Yeah. I know that that's been, was a, I mean, it's a big theme in your book because the book is about you losing your mother who got cancer at a fairly young age and you spending a lot of time with her and processing all of this. There's a part in the book where you say, I don't know once she's gone. I mean, this all happened before Japanese breakfast. Who am I doing this for, if not for my mom? Mm -hmm. It raises the question of how do you negotiate that? You know, how did you, when did you come to a point where you realize, well, somewhere, is somewhere my mom seeing this or? Yeah, I mean, I think about that all the time as like a secular person of just, you know, I don't, believe in an, in an afterlife of any kind, but there's something like so magical about the way that things happened for me. You know, I, I've been playing music since I was 16 years old and, right. uh, you know, it took 
I played house shows and, you know, no one cared about my band for a very long time. And after she died, I uh, was like, I'm going to, you know, r- record one more record about this experience. And then, you know, I don't care what happens. I'll like press 500 copies and, you know, sell it out of like my basement over the course of like the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, was the record that kind of took off and really resonated with people. And uh, it was like, oh, this is just like not quite the time to hang up my hat. And then after that, it was just like every everything that happened just like felt like there was this like weird force that was kind of like looking out for me. And it's it's both like, it's very bittersweet because my mom never got to see me experience any kind of success and was like so worried about living the life of an artist. But now it, it just kind of has to feel like she, she knows somehow or is like responsible for it. Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, If you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Conor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Introducing ADT Self Setup featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT self-setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self-setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams. They can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now, everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, (laughs) you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform. And one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified Unified business business management management suite. suite. You said that. Yeah. 
And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com slash Conan. So you put this together, your mom passes away, and you decided, well, I'm going to go into advertising. <laughs> yeah, kind of, um, yeah. Which, you know... You don't hear of a lot. You don't hear of like Keith Richards saying, I'm going to do some advertising for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean- His I, ads would be awful, <laughs> by the way. They would. Boy, boy of Volkswagen. <laughs> Fucking great <laughs> car. <laughs> Keith, over here. It's not a Volkswagen. It's a Buick. Ah, fuck. Sort off, you fucker. Um. <laughs> He's just napping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the trail off at the end. <laughs> oh, I've exper I experienced it with him. We'll, we'll get back to it. But I was in an SNL sketch once when I was super young. I was in my 20s and Keith Richards was the musical guest and it was live. And he was in the sketch also. And we're waiting for Tom Hanks to come around to us for our part of the sketch. Keith Richards, it's, we're in the middle of a sketch that's live. He starts talking to me and I'm, I'm, I'm holding a horse which is important to know. And he thought that rather than me being a, uh, I'm a comedian who's supposed to say a line, I'm a comedy writer holding a horse. Wait, I'm, was it a real horse? It was a real horse. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a long, you can look it up online. Did they take it up What's in that? the elevator? Oh, yeah. There's plenty <laughs> I of- I guess there's like a freight elevator. There's a massive elevator at SNL yeah, yeah. that yeah. brings everything <laughs> All the up. horses, yeah. No, I mean, they could, get an, they could get an elephant up there. I mean, I'm not kidding. They, they can, it was made to get incredible stuff up there. Um, but I had a real horse and I'm holding it. And Keith Richards thought that I was the owner of the horse. And I'm-, I'm Like the handler. Like the handler. Yeah. And that it, that it was my horse. And he starts going, oh, horses, man. They did it all. And I was like, please, please don't. Okay, um, Tom Hanks is headed this way and we've got to say a line live on TV. I've got to say my line. My line is- Please don't, Mr. Hanks. Don't touch him. That horse bites everyone. And I'm I'm so young. I'm like 23. I'm going over the lines <laughs> in my head. He's like, oh, horses. Without them, we wouldn't have built civilization. <laughs> and I keep going like, yes. Now, normally you'd think you'd be in a situation where you're talking to Keith Richards. You want hang on every word. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan. Instead, I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Keith shut up, Richards. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I got to say my line. Look out, Mr. Hanks, don't touch that horse. He bites everyone. Oh, I mean, you think about it. Horses are the ones. <laughs> you, want him to, you wanted Keith Richards to stop talking to you. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I still, he still sometimes, yeah. He's got to learn to shut up, that guy. Uh, <laughs> um, there are certain themes that I've seen in my life, and sometimes it's almost when you give up and you're not trying anymore you get to a place of, okay, I made this, I put it out there, it's a message in a bottle, but I don't really need it to blow up. I don't need it to become this seminal record for me. And of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, I mean, I think in a way you just like, when you let everything go and you 
like, have no ambitions or hopes for anything. You, like, almost find this, like, real version of yourself, and that's, like, what people cling to, or, like, they can feel it in this way. I, I feel like when people are trying to, like, put on airs in a way, uh, you can just, like, smell it from a mile away when some, something is, like, not. Like, I always feel like I know when people aren't singing in their real voice, and I feel like I kind of finally found that with that record. Because, yes, when something's forced, what I love is that audiences know it. Yeah. When I saw you perform, you just had this real joy <laughs> of being out there. And the music is great, but that's also part of it, is I feel like this is therapeutic for you or life-giving to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've wanted it for so long, and so it feels so great to, to get to do it, you know, with your friends and a bunch of people wearing flower crowns. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a flower crown. I was amazed at how people were, I saw many people wearing very little clothing there. It's very hot. You weren't, you weren't wearing like your Daisy Dukes and like that woven vest or anything. I was a th wearing a thong. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, what, what's, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm trying to eat here. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> I think my body's beautiful, Sona. I'm sorry. Is an 11 people buckle below his thong ass we trying need, to we, lift you up in your thong? Don't touch the thong! But pass me towards the stage. I gotta hit that medium-sized gong. <laughs> that gong, it's not quite to my size expectations. Yeah, maybe it just looks small to you because you're very large. Yes, it's true. It's true. Yes, I know. I know. We're back on that. I was amazed that your influences are, I mean, it doesn't amaze me because there's so many influences, but I love how music, again, like so many other art forms, it's this, you put a bunch of stuff in the blender. So here you are, you're a very unique, special talent. And what are you listening to? You're listening to Motown, you're listening to Fleetwood Mac, you like the yah, yah, yahs, you're, there's all this stuff coming at you, and then when you come out with your music, it doesn't sound like that music. I know that it can be inspired by that music, but it's yours. Yeah. How, how, did, that how did that happen? <laughs> Explain that. It's magical Did you to ask me. him how it happened? <laughs> yeah. It kind of sounded like yeah. you were asking Cody. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you how it happened. I have to do both sides of this? Well, it's all because I spent so much time in Korea. Making kimchi. And I did go to Seoul. Yeah. Oh, I watched the... I feel like I've watched that episode. Yeah. You I had went, like a very unenthused like tutor or something. Yes, I had a... She was like not... Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, that's my specialty is finding people. I love finding people who are not having it with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Stephen Yun came with me yeah. and we made a K-pop video. Uh, Wait, I didn't see that part. Oh, oh you, you oh, got to see the K-pop video. You got to see the K-pop video. And who yeah. was in that? Do you remember who was in the K-pop video? There was some band that since has like completely blown up. There was a girl group called Twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've we got a great that. picture with you and Steven and like a million K-pop girls. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, a, there was like a, an airplane set yes. where you get thrown out of an airplane. Oh, you're not leaving. <laughs> you're not crazy. leaving this until I'm, I'm going to make you watch. It's going to be. Your K-pop video. Three minutes. You're going to have to Do watch my K-pop video. Uh, no, I think we lip sync. Oh, no, they did have me. Yes, when we recorded the track, they did make me sing something and they and they basically said it phonetically. 
and I I did my best. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was did, into the you mic. You did pretty well, I think. Yeah, I can carry a tune, you know. No, I meant in terms of saying, I mean, you can carry a tune. I was talking about your Korean. You did okay. I tried, but the as you know, the the culture is I was fascinated. I yeah. was fascinated by Seoul. Really fascinated. You're right. It is so much bigger than you would ever expect. And I was also fascinated by people knew that that I was there. And so these young, very shy, it's very Korean, I think, to to put your hand over your mouth. These young women would come up and they'd have their hand in front of their mouth yeah. and they'd be very shy and very giggly and say, could they have a a selfie? Yeah. And I'd say, sure. And I'd, and they're very like, oh, thank, thank you. Yeah. And then they'd lean in for the selfie and suddenly their whole body would change <laughs> and they'd go from this to- yeah. <laughs> Like that, and then they're back to hee hee. Yeah, and I would yeah, say to them, which yeah. is the real you? Yeah. And I think they both are. Yeah. Uh, I find myself doing that too. I think I'm just like afraid of like accidentally spitting on someone. <laughs> you know, because like when you're really excited, when you're really excited, you're like, I hope that I like don't lose control of like my faculties. <laughs> and so I, I feel like it's a protective shield. I mean, pr- I yeah. think you were way ahead of the curve with COVID. Very. Yeah. Uh, you are not from that culture, Sona, and neither am I. No, we no, We don't no. care if we're Get spitting all over people. Spitting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I lose my faculties all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, and I'm loud, too. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, yeah, I, we have that in common. In, in the book, you talk about it so much, and I mentioned it. You talk about food, and I'm wondering, and, and it, I, I put down your book, and I, as moved as I was, I also wanted to fly to Seoul and have all of this food. Yeah, did you enjoy it? I loved the food yeah. there, but you were describing so many dishes that I don't think I tried. Yeah. And I'm curious, have you, because that was such an important part of your growing up and your bond with your mother and H Mart was where you could get all this incredible food. I think I went to the big market you mentioned. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I went there Hanjung. and that's where I uh, I bought a squid that I was supposed to eat. Samuel the octopus. Oh, oh the octopus. Yeah. Was it moving? It was moving and I bought it and instead tweeted out that I was gonna keep it alive and people in Seoul got really behind, like he's gonna save the octopus. <laughs> I've like never gotten more shit for eating that in the in the book. Like I, I did like an interview uh, and so many people got really upset. Why? Uh, about, I don't know, because they watched that like octopus documentary. And oh. Now oh. I'm like a monster. Right. Yeah, but it's so good. Yeah, and I just like, I really don't think it's that different from any other, you know, products that we, like meats that we yeah. eat, you know. But yeah, I, I feel like that, that octopus documentary came out and everyone, you know, became a crusader. Yeah. I hope there's not a hamburger documentary <laughs> or, a ham docu- or a ham documentary. <laughs> babe, you know, babe. pigs often write diaries. <laughs> what? They track all of their thoughts. Some of them have even written pretty good f- physics equations. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm still going to eat that ham. Yeah, well, if they were really that smart, they wouldn't be getting eaten. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. Sona. So you're a defense for the octopus. You're saying to the octopus, hey, if you're so smart, yeah. avoid that octopus trap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why are you walking into that trap, octopus? <laughs> you walk in there, I'm going to eat you. Okay. Well, here's the good thing is Sona's going to take the heat now. <laughs> yeah. Take, take the pita heat. You know, I uh, I love that you were, you're inspired by sort of sci-fi. There's like sci-fi 
you know, mood and also video game music, which I think is really cool because I didn't ever think of video game music as being sort of a genre or an inspiration. Of course, I grew up at a time when video game music was just <laughs> what game is that? is that? It was a very early game. Yeah. yeah. Like Ms. Pac-Man was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I was getting a lot of disappointing noises because I wasn't good. <laughs> nice try, loser. Um, that was your inner monologue. That oh, nothing, that wasn't even, that come to think of it, I wasn't playing a game. That was just. His inner monologue is just Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> like melting. Yeah. That's why I've never been able to be intimate with anyone. Oh, I really like you. Let's get down. You're a loser. What? Miss Pac-Man, get out of my head. I'm trying to get it on. This is such a stupid interview. I apologize. You're such a talented person. I'm sorry. You deserve better. Uh, you do deserve a real interviewer. Um, but uh, but recently, my son, who's 17, started listening to all this music. And I said, where does this come from? And he said, it come, it's gaming music. But I was listening to it, and it's really good. Yeah. So when did, where did that, when did you start to notice? Was this something that was always happening, where you're noticing different sounds that you liked? Um, I guess so. I mean, I, I was such an indoor kid <laughs> that mm -hmm. I, I just really enjoyed playing video games and, and was gifted like a Super Nintendo when I was, was five and I always really enjoyed it. And I think it's really, um, I'm going to do a really bad job of expressing this, but I, I think it's a really interesting art form to interact with because it, there are games that like sort of force you to make these kind of like moral decisions. And it's like the only time that you're like actively a part of like the medium in that way that makes you kind of like question your morality. So mm -hmm. for instance, mm -hmm. there's this game called Stardew Valley. Have you heard of it? It's like a farming game. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really interesting that like uh, you can play games that like uh, have you like kill some someone, which you would never do in real life. But there is like a there's this a thing called Joja March where it's like the corporation and you can choose whether or not you want to like go to the local um, seed. <laughs> so I can this is good. I like this. You go to the local seed shop or like go to a cheaper corporation. And somehow like I've never gone to the corporation like in the game. Mm -hmm. and, and because that's like crossing a moral line within the game. Huh. But you can like… In other games you like stab someone and it's, it's, it's fine. But I think it's really interesting to like… In, Interact with no, but, this way. But, but it's interesting that, I, I mean, I find it fascinating that you can, games are getting so sophisticated that you're making moral choices. Yeah. And what's really interesting is like first person shooter games, you're basically killing people left and right, but somehow we've been inculcated that there's this, it's not real, yeah. you know, it's not real. And I but have there are no- certain things that are like more triggering than others. Like I think it was, my, my husband was playing like Red Dead Redemption or something, mm -hmm. or, or like some game where like you had, oh. Uh, if you know the game, chime in, Blake. Maybe it's, it's like, it's not Skyrim, but it's like a similar game to that. And like he had to like kill a couple of like dogs that were like attacking him or whatever. And for some reason, like all of the people that he <laughs> had to like fight was okay. But like when you, you hit the dog and it makes a sound, it's like there's something like really- Oh, oh, I, I completely that, understand. Yeah. I was Ugh. watching a movie last week and people are getting, humans are getting off left and right. And then someone like kicked a small bear yeah. and the bear went like, Ooh, and I, I couldn't, ha I left the room. I, I couldn't think, handle yeah, it. Yeah. I think that that's really interesting. I think there's a, like a Bartleby short story called um, like the gerbil. And it's mm -hmm. all of these like terrible things happen in the class. Like, you know, first it's like, 
it's a gerbil dies and then it's like a kid like falls off of, you know, a, a plaything or whatever. And then they get a puppy. And when the puppy dies, that's the moment like that really. Right. That's like the height of uh, tragedy. Not right. like this, ki- like a child that fell in the yeah, story. But a lot but of like, kids suck, you know? <laughs> Oh, I mean, they do. They're just such assholes. <laughs> I want my chocolate milk. <laughs> you know, I usually applaud when a child falls. <laughs> this is our last podcast. We've this is a successful <laughs> podcast, and you're a very lovely, talented person. You've done nothing wrong, yeah, but somehow yeah. you've brought it out of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's your guys. fault. Yeah. No, that's uh, hilarious to me. I, I don't know. I, 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 I was thinking about. Because um, I can't remember where we were. Where were we? I just had a really good laugh. And Sony, you don't pay attention. Oh, video games. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the morality of video games. I know that um, it feels to me like when I listen to your music, one of the things, or, and, and I think I even heard you say this, that you, you like this kind of heroes versus villains dichotomy between good, evil, but how the line is blurred. Mm-hmm. And I always find that fascinating because I love movies Occasionally, I'll love a movie where there's, you know, you watch Die Hard and you know who the good guy is and the bad guy is Hans Gruber and there's no mistaking that. <laughs> but I'm more drawn to the movies that I think have more of a European bent where, and it's, a little, it's interesting. There are people who are, seem like the bad guy and people who seem like the good guy, but the lines get blurred and you feel like everybody's just trying to do their own thing yeah. and, and havoc ensues. I mean, I think that's like the purpose of art really is to just like find humanity in uh in in people, you know. I mean, right. I think my favorite shows are shows like The Sopranos or like where, you know, you're you're rooting you feel conflicted because you're rooting for a murderer and I think it puts everything uh into perspective, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh I mean, I feel I'm like you, on my you, you obviously watched you must have watched Sopranos on the second go around, right? Cuz he seemed or no, or you seem young to have watched The Sopranos. I remember when I I remember when it was coming out. And like my parents would like, I I think I want I wonder how old I was. I feel like I, I was definitely too young to watch The Sopranos. But my parents like loved the show so much, and I remember like getting sent out of the room every time like the Bada Bing scene came. Oh came right, out. right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've I've rewatched it many times since, and and I feel like that's that element of that show, and and I I feel the same way about Game of Thrones too, where you're just like, I, I love like being manipulated to like hate someone, and the and then in the next scene like kind of like really fall for them, and I think that that's what yeah. great art should should do. It's funny you say that because I just rewatched all the Sopranos. I made it a mission, and I watched all of them in like a month on my own, and I just to and and there's a terrific book about the Sopranos by two writers, I think, from the Star Ledger, I want to say. And it's just a great essay about each episode. So I would watch the episode, then then read this essay. And I just got so much meaning out of re-watching it. And I'm just starting to, my son's never seen Game of Thrones, so we're just starting to watch it. Although that's difficult because there's full-on crazy nude sex yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And when you're a dad sitting in the room with your son, both of us want to die. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Both of us just want to make our hearts stop through sheer force of will and die. Yeah. Because it's not, you can't even pretend it's not happening. <laughs> and and you're not like, oh, this is cool sex. I'm cool talk, you know, about oh, sex you can, stuff. Oh, no, no. You it's, can just do what my parents did and like send him out of the room. <laughs> yeah, know. You know, in the sixth sense, uh, you knew a ghost was in the room because they could see their breath. When I'm watching television and sex is, and I'm anyone else is in the room and sex is graphically depicted, suddenly I can see my breath. 
suddenly it's like this vapor coming out of my mouth. And it always happens just beforehand. I know it's coming. And then sure enough, thwang, you know. That is the worst sound for any sexual scene I've ever heard of. You don't think that's an accurate thwang, we have a professional (laughs) musicologist artist here who will vouch that that is the exact way it sounds. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna rip me off too. I know in your next album, you're gonna have a huge hit with thwang, (laughs) (laughs) and the Grammy for best single. (laughs) Japanese breakfast with thwang. And I'll be like, I know I'm gonna get mentioned. <laughs> nope. You mention all your friends, all your cool pals, and not one word for me. What's your process? How do you? I'm. I've, I don't. I don't. I, I know from that to what's your process. Well, I want to know. I've never written a song. I play guitar. I often have a guitar with me. I play guitar all the time. I love it. I, I'm always playing other people's music. I've never tried to write a song and I, I think I have a block against it. I don't know. I don't think I could be emotionally vulnerable and write a song. If I wrote a song, I it would be- there, a, There's a lot of people that aren't emotionally vulnerable in, in their songs. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. So you're meaning- I feel, I feel like twang thumbara thumbara could be like a chumba wumba song. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. Oh, get knocked down. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't-, I don't I guess that has vulnerability in it now, now that I think about it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've talked to... Like, do you think WAP has a lot of vulnerability? Uh, oh, my like God. Like, you could have, like, a hype anthem. Like, maybe that's more of your Maybe that more, you know? like, a bragging. Yeah. I'm all that. Yeah. Right. No one wants to probably hear me open up about my inner hurt. No. I mean, maybe they do. <laughs> no, they don't. But there are many, you know, ins. Oh, my God. You know what I also saw? I mean, I know this has probably been commented on a lot, but we went and saw... We went over and saw Megan Thee Stallion perform. And there's a person, a woman doing sign language. Oh, yeah. And um, people must, I'm sure they all notice this and it's been talked about in their videos. But I was in the crowd watching this woman. She's singing the lyrics. She's singing the lyrics and it is hardcore. And this woman who looks like she would, uh, you know, break into a telethon on PBS and say, if you'd like to get your tote bag, <laughs> the number is one three two three forty four. This woman's there and sh- she's acting out with her hands. Yeah. The most graphic stuff with no expression on her face. Oh, no. No. Some of them are really like stoked though. Like yeah. they have like their own performance right. style. Right. That's a whole other. And they I like mean, dance along I've with it. I've seen those. Like those are fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Especially at, at rap but, shows. <laughs> yeah. They're amazing. Because they know all the stuff beforehand and they get really into it. Right. I mean, you could go down a YouTube rabbit hole of sign language interpreters. I was blown away by that. I mean, I couldn't, I had a hard time paying attention to Megan Thee Stallion. I just, because my eyes were riveted on this woman. I was just <laughs> amazed by and what she was. Her deadpan, like. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't exactly deadpan, yeah. but also she also looked like I might have to leave soon to close the library. <laughs> you know, it's, but I don't know how you, do you consciously sit down to write a song or does something come to you? Yeah, I feel like very, uh, when I was younger, I feel like I, I was like waiting for the spirit um, to possess me or something. Mm-hmm, but now mm-hmm. I feel like it's more of like a faucet. You know, like I feel like I, I put myself in an environment that I know is, is going to be conducive to like writing. Like I go into like a forest or something, like a, like a cottage in the woods. And, and, and you write on the guitar. 
I do usually write on the guitar. For the last record, I, I kind of tried to like find new ways to um, push myself out of my comfort zone and write on piano or, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes I actually just draw like on a MIDI board of like, because I don't have like a very strong theory knowledge. So if I can like hear the chord I want, it's actually really helpful. You can like drag a bar of like a, do you know what MIDI is? I don't. Uh, it's, I, I don't. I don't know if I can, it's just like a, like a, I don't know, like you can like drag a note sort of like on a, on a graph and like mm-hmm. it'll make a sound. Is it a program? Um, it, can you please explain that? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a language. Yeah. So it's like a computer language that allows you to write music. Uh, you can transpose every note or chord via this MIDI language mm. and it'll spit out the note and ah. you can make chords and it's the way all modern music is now mostly made, you know, via computers. So you could say if uh, if you knew, okay, uh, it's it's a G, but it's not a G. I, I want it to have something. I want it to have a slightly different. You could on MIDI maybe play with the G and get a G suspended seventh, right, 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 ninth, yeah, without knowing that that's what you're getting. Exactly. Okay, exactly. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So you can like have the G on the bass, and then like with another note, like drag it until it makes the sound. You're like, oh, it's that chord, and that sometimes that would take me a much longer time to find on the guitar with my personal life. Do you um do you think that it might learning theory might actually get in the way of your creative process um, ever? Yeah, I mean I started taking some lessons. I mean I hear that. Uh like but in in my experience like even just like learning a very very small amount of theory has been really help, helpful for me cuz yeah. you're just like, "Oh, I can't believe I got this far without like knowing Right. What makes certain songs? I'm just curious because I've never had any of that, and I'm I'm now even at this stage in life thinking I think I need a teacher now. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it's been years and years and years of me having people kind of show me songs I want to play or riffs I want to yeah. play, and so I I think I have a jukebox in my when I pick up a guitar. There's a lot of songs I can play. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know what how the hell it all works. Right, right. And maybe knowing how it worked would be fun for me at this stage. <clears throat> I, th- I think so. And I think that, like, even if you learn too much in a way that inhibits you, there's always ways to, like, kind of unlearn it. Like, I found that I took, you know, some more guitar lessons and, and found that was helpful. And then when it was no longer helpful, then you can just, like, put a capo on or change the tuning and then you just, you don't know any <laughs> anymore what you're doing. So I feel like there are weird tricks to, like, get, to protect yourself from, from that ruining something. But for me, I, I found it to be really helpful. And I feel like when you listen to music, I mean, there's a way to interact with music that's like, oh, that's like haunting or that's interesting or then, you know, or that's just like a minor third, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like you're all like chasing, they're just like different ways to like chase a feeling. Or something. All I ever heard when I was first playing guitar, some, some guy told me, minor chords are the ones that make girls fall in love with you. <laughs> and I was like, really? And then sure enough, you play an A minor and you're like, <laughs> Well, I did, and nothing happened. No one was interested, but um, but it, you could kind of see, like, oh, I see how what minor chords do. Yeah, yeah. You know, E is like, yeah, E, but E minor. <laughs> He's kind of dreamy. <laughs> said, okay. Said no one. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been a joy. It's been an absolute joy. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for giving me street cred with my daughter. Oh, I'm so Nev. Uh, is um, you know. I'm going to lord this over her. I, and she uh, actually, last night, so I had read your book and uh, had been listening a lot to your music. And then she called me last night 
to just make sure that I didn't screw things up today. So. <laughs> she sounds so cool. I'm very, she, she is, I feel very indebted to her. She's very cool. Um, and, but I'm indebted to her for, uh, for bringing me to Coachella <laughs> so that uh, I, I got to see you do your thing. And I love that you came in and talked to me. This is amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you all. Well, don't thank them. They don't really do much. He's he, on. He he's just on MIDI. defined MIDI, which was incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's basically he's been watching. I had my own like Miss Pac Man just like melting down. <laughs> <laughs> MIDI, it's kind of a <laughs> you idiot. And we gotta write that song. What is it? Thwang thubba da thubba da. Oh yeah, thwang thubba da thubba da thubba. I'm telling you, that's gonna be huge. Yeah, you you can come out in your thong when you perform it. That's gonna be right up there with. What is it? Jump around? Yeah, no. I gotta wear a Celtics jersey and jump around in my video. Wang, <laughs> thubba da dubba da. You know, white guys jumping around. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Wearing a Boston shirt. Um, yeah, that that could be your thing. Sure. Yeah, it's so lovable. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you. Very cool. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Crunch. This has meaning for me. Okay. Because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals. We loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries, oh. I just, it was like Oppenheimer. <laughs> I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil. And not kidding, he is two years older than me. We are grown ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Captain Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. And we had it together, multiple bowls. And I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Captain Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Captain Crunch, which is great. Then, oops, all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> But when they came up with Oops All Berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh, my God. Peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. You can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. Sounds pretty good, huh? Doesn't it, Sona? I, I like that. Yeah, you like it. This means you can earn on what you want, like trying out the new workout class mm. and 2% uh, cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. You're always asking about a foam roller. Yeah, I love to work out. And use a foam roller. And That's the beauty. Foam it up. That's foam it up. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. I don't know where they come up with these things. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Not too long ago on a Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan episode, we spoke to Carlos, who does a drag act, and his drag character's name was Red Velvet. Mm -hmm. And we workshopped trying to come up with a drag character name for you, mm -hmm. which is interesting because in a recent episode, 
Cherry Stag came up, which is pretty good. Well, Cherry Stag, yeah, we were talking to uh, a gentleman in uh, England. He lives oh. in a very old town in England. And I noticed he was drinking something as we were having uh, the interview. And he said, uh, it's a red stag, cherry stag. Right. Which I didn't know. Do you know that drink? I don't know. No, I've never heard of that. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know what he said it was, but, uh, and then it came up that that would be a good drag name for me. Well, some fans have written in okay. with a wonderful list of some possible drag names for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. This is good. I have very creative fans and I'm sure these are top notch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are. Anna suggests... Conan the Barbara. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. This is one I thought of myself too when I was editing the episode and was going to title it this, The Red Menace. That's pretty good. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Because I am kind of a menace. Yeah. Um, but that that's, means, it doesn't feel draggy to me. The Red, yeah. The yeah. Red Menace. That's no, just kind of what you are in real life. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. That's more of my real name. Yeah. should be The Red Menace. I'm going to call you that. That yeah. was Philip Spiegel who sent that in. Okay. Uh, Jonathan V suggested translucent long stocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Translucent long stocking. <laughs> you know, I like it. I like it. Lily says, pomp adore. Hey, oh, that one's my favorite. That's pretty so. good. Pomp, yeah. adore. I, yeah. I mean, I like translucent long stocking too, but that's a mouthful. Yeah. yeah you know, is. that's for an MC to go and here's translucent long stock. You know, that's yeah. a lot to get out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So pomp, adore. Yeah, two words. Pump. Yeah. Pump? Pump. No, pomp. It is pomp, but I yeah, get like, what you're Oh, I thought pump. it was pomp, no, adore. Pomp, adore is good too. Oh, I no, like pump. It's pomp, adore. Okay. It's pomp, adore. I know, I know the word is pompadour but i'm saying i thought she was doing pump like two puns yes What's she was pump? Pun like you what know be pumped? when oh, you're like you know, you know just, pump. Uh, yeah. oh i thought you meant i i need a pump oh god a pump on, what are you gonna pump well oh you have to pump it up oh, like a basketball like you're you have to hide the the pee pee when yeah. you're doing drag yeah. you don't oh trust me it. i've been Tucking for a long time. <laughs> you got to let the air out. I, I, in just regular life? Just it, my jeans fit better. Right now? Yeah. Oh, You're oh I'm tucked. <sighs> yeah. Way back. I just find it's a, the jeans fit. Everything just fits better. Uh, yeah. Where are, I, are you tucking it behind on the outside or are you tucking it in a little pocket somewhere? We don't, something? we don't need, we don't well, know. Well, I'm glad we you asked. But we want to know. I, oh, no, we don't. I, I, uh, I tuck straight back. Uh-huh. And then uh, I use, um, it's electrician's tape to just hold everything uh, sort of where it needs to be. So if you didn't tape it, there'd be like almost like a little lever coming about the back, like oh, a okay, nutcracker. I think, I think that's enough. I just enough. say a little what? lever. I think that's oh, well, enough. No, I, I look, I think I look like a, from the behind, I look like a slot machine. I think that's uh, enough. Hmm. Yeah, you just pull that crank and you see what comes out. <laughs> Um, oh God! Uh, was it was it Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs who yeah. was also doing that? Yeah, Is yeah. That that's where I yourself? got. That's where I learned how to do it. Oh, okay. Really? I was like, oh, okay. That might help. That just might be a good idea. I'm more aerodynamic. Um, this is back when I ran track. <laughs> so I learned. So you tucked and ran? Oh, you that tuck and run. That's virtually impossible because you have to use the friction of your legs to keep it in. Well, listen, I don't know how you run, but I'm going to tell you that <laughs> when know. I'm just, if anyone out there is a sprinter or even if you're doing distance, a tuck and run. 
And uh, you go, I mean, there's so much less wind resistance. Uh, mm. You really move fast. You just, you you fly through the air. It's incredible. Okay. What a stupid and awful conversation. I would love if the topic changed right now. What's the next name? Can we this please is, stop talking? Isn't this a pump, by the way? That's, that's a pump. I thought you were saying from pump. Oh, I thought, what, oh. see, I was like, thinking, that's track, why I right? thought it was like pun, pun full, because yeah. it's a shoe, it's pump. I don't think you thought of the shoe, <laughs> to be honest with you. I you know why I did think of the shoe, but that's not a drag shoe. A pump is not a drag shoe. Yeah. Stilettos are drag shoes, yeah. I think. Okay. Have, have you I'm ever not worn ex- heels? I'm not. Uh, I have in sketches. Yeah, I've, had to, I I've had to wear heels in sketches sometimes in the past uh, and don't understand how anybody does that for yeah. eight seconds, no. more than eight seconds. It Same. is horrific. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't know how women do it. Me either. Makes our legs look good. Does mm-hmm. it? Yeah, mm. it does. It just does. But it is horrible. I I hate heels. Yeah. Have I, you I worn like... heels and tucked? Oh well, yeah. If I'm going to Matt, if I'm going to tuck, I might as well wear heels as well. Matt, why are we? I, I'm why sorry, are we? Doing this? If you're going to do one, you might as well do the other. You're halfway there. Go for it. Okay. Next, here we now go. Let's not have there be a whole thing about you know I am uh, whatever a. a I am a, a straight male, but right. I like to talk. Okay. You know? okay. It's, it, it, All right. It works Let's for me. move past it. All right. Done. The next please, one's from please. Matt Gorley. Like Friar to... Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> Friar Tuck. I like Friar Tuck. And I would get the, the, oh, the monk's haircut, you know, where it's bald on top, and there's a fringe. And I would be Friar. I like Friar Tuck. Have you been to a drag show ever? It's supposed to Do you know sexy. what drag is? No. Yeah. For someone who tucks constantly and likes to wear heels, I'm shocked that I haven't been to a drag show. <laughs> oh my god. Shocked. Magnolia suggests strawberry tall cake. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see that. Seth Moore suggests Lady Fred von Richthofen, who of course you would know is the uh, Red Baron. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Uh, Paul Hieronymus suggests the Ginger Ninja by Paul Hieronymus. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like Friar Tuck a lot. <laughs> Ginger Ninja. You, you know Friar Tuck is a joke one that Matt just, just did. Oh, okay. Oh, but I, you I, like I, it. I do. If uh, if someone had called in, why do we disqualify Matt? Yeah. Just because he said Friar Tuck and I, I liked it. Okay. And I, I get right. royalties on that too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll make that, a lot of money. Yeah, that's going to be so much. <laughs> Windfall right there. Uh, and that's that's essentially the the long and short of it. So. There's some really good ones in there. Yeah. A um, lot to think about here. Ginger Ninja is very good. Uh, I don't know. You know, Fryer Tuck. I'm, I'm, you might have it, Matt. Wow. Oh. Okay, there it you is. Um, but I think, you know, I don't know a lot about uh, drag. Like, I don't know that I would be a good performer in drag. I think you're a great performer as your as yourself. I don't think you have the chops for drag. Now, I'm what, sorry. what is it you think? Honest, be honest. What am I lacking? There is a there is a level of showmanship that I think goes beyond what you've been trained to do, and yeah. that is a lot of letting go and a lot of you know just enjoying Plus, like, it. El- a certain amount of elegance and kind of yes. uh, technique. So there know? there aren't any uh, drag queens whose character is very uh, uptight. Um, self-loathing, that's not like a way to go. That is, yeah, no, that's that doesn't seem to draw a lot of crowds in. But yeah. maybe you can be groundbreaking in that sense. <laughs> be the first drag queen that people are going to be depressed when what they is, go what see is, them. What is RuPaul's show? Is it RuPaul's Drag Race? Drag Race. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe you can get on RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, you said you're aerodynamic and it's a race. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, but I, if I'm, I mean, I'm halfway there. I know right. how to do uh, some of it. Uh, you're way less than halfway there. Yeah. Way, way less than halfway there. You have yeah. so much work to do. Do you want to be on RuPaul's Drag Race as like a contestant? I think I should just be there to, con you know, consult on lighting. <laughs> I don't think I should have anything to do with being in drag because I think I would be absolutely terrible. Yeah, you yeah. know you would. I'm not saying catering. anything that's hurting your feelings. Yeah. You no. know you wouldn't be good at drag. No, I wouldn't be good at drag. Uh, all right. Well, we we learned a lot here, and uh, I we learned also learned nothing. Yeah, which well, is really the formula of this program. So Once again, much, we broke even. So much yeah. conversation about tucking, though, that I just well, you brought it back. Forget. So I know. Keep it going. No, no, no. We're good. I okay. think that's wrap it up. All right. You Sometimes you have it. to wrap it up to tuck it. <laughs> okay, Jesus, it's a little mummy, mummify it. Okay, a little bit, especially if you're not mummify use it. it. Just Why let the it dehydrate fuck a little. Are you mummifying well, it? Well, you got to kind of let it shrink a little and then get it up. What yeah. are you talking <laughs> about? You've thought about this a lot. I don't what? even have a penis, and I know that doesn't make sense. Uh. Come on. I would be so much better at tucking than the two of you. Ooh, that <laughs> okay. sounds like a challenge. Go. <laughs> Go you Someone two. give me a penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left mine at home. <laughs> My wife took mine in 2009. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Please, God. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been... A Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.